the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the KFAX Ministry of the Week. Each week we highlight a local ministry that is impacting the community in Jesus' name. Our hope is to connect you to a ministry in which you can grow and serve in Christ's kingdom. And now your host for the Ministry of the Week, Craig Roberts. Well, joining us today in studio, a very special guest. He is lead pastor of Vineyard Christian Church, located on the Mid-Peninsula in San Carlos. He's Pastor Duke Tabor. And Pastor Tabor, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having me. And I guess we should say uh, happy anniversary to you. I understand you've just uh, recently celebrated three years as senior pastor at Vineyard Fellowship on the Peninsula. So congratulations and welcome, uh, a bit belated, to the San Francisco Bay Area. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, it's great to be here and great to be on the program. Uh, yeah, three years. It's gone fast. Uh, it's been just a, you know, we got a great group of people and it's been enjoyable. It hasn't been painful. What have you found different about pastoring in the Bay Area? And I ask that question as we'll learn your story today. Um, you originally have your roots in the Pacific Northwest, just outside of the City of the Roses, Portland, Oregon. You spent some time pastoring. Uh, I guess we should call it a ghost town. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Out in Lincoln County, part of Nevada. Where is that even near? Anything that folks would know? Stones <laughs> Not really. From... It's 100 miles south of Ely and 175, or 170 miles north of Vegas. All right. So I guess the, the Vegas reference would, would at least give us a little sense. but. Yeah. but it's on the really eastern a, side. A teeny tiny small town. And, of course, uh, both, I think, um, huge contrasts from yes. pastoring in a major metropolitan area that is uh, not only in the cutting edge in terms of technology and, of course, uh, perhaps the makeup of the Bay Area uh, looks like any mission field anywhere on planet Earth all melded into one. <laughs> yeah, well, Pioch was, uh, had a population of 750. Salute! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was primarily a, a Mormon community uh, with a couple evangelical churches. And, yeah, it was it was quite different. But uh, and I've primarily ministered in flyover country, uh, spent most of time both in Pioch and in Ely and then in a little town called Pine Haven, Wyoming. And uh those are places that people forget about, and it's quite different than the Bay Area, both uh, demographically and politically, and uh, their worldview is just totally different. So it's been interesting. It's been an adjustment, but it's been good. Do you get the sense that you're literally sort of on the front lines of the battlefield in terms of the kind of missionary work that needs to be done in an area like this that um, I, I guess largely because of our success economically as well as sort of the California mindset. We're, we're, we're kind of different animals out here in the Bay Area from, from most parts of the, the flyover country, as you call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it is. Um, oh, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to digest it into one little paragraph, but uh, the 
culture of the Bay Area has a worldview that, well, I, I just call it politically correct. And in that, they look at everything from just a, a natural perspective of the five senses, and they look at it from a perspective of we are on the cutting edge. We a little bit of pridefulness of, you know, we have it together versus what I see as a biblical worldview is that, yes, we understand that there's five senses, but we also understand that there is something beyond the five senses that is supernatural in nature and not just natural. And we also understand that the scriptures is where we base our culture, not just what we have experienced around us. So as a worldview, uh, there is a change and a transformation that has to happen. And it doesn't happen or it, it doesn't come naturally to those in the Bay Area. And we are having to show them that there is more. Well, perhaps it may be true that most people don't recognize the spiritual dynamic. Do you think that nevertheless there are ways and fashions in which they're seeking to try and fulfill that spiritual hunger in their life, that, that, that God-shaped hole, so to speak? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're, we are all created with a God-shaped hole, and we will fill it with whatever we can figure out to fill it with. And for some, it may be uh, technology and diversion and gaming and those types of things. For other, it might be uh, drugs, alcohol. For others, it might be relationships, uh, including those that are harmful relationships. Uh, but they all try to fill it. And in all honesty, they all have gods. Just look at their checkbook. You'll figure out what their god is. Very true. They say if you want to get to a, a, a peek into the man's soul, just peek into his checkbook. And That's tell right. You a lot. That's right. What about yourself in, in terms of your own life experience coming to find fulfillment in, in, in meeting that hunger that maybe early on you didn't recognize was, was your spirit longing for a relationship with the Creator? Eventually, of course, that came to fruition. Tell us a bit about your, your journey. How did that all begin? Well, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, which has a lot of the same type of culture uh, in the Portland area as the Bay Area does. And I grew up, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And that's where you looked for uh, your fulfillment. Uh, I was involved in music. I was a bass player, uh, singer. I, uh, and this was in the early years in high school. Uh, and... You know, I was searching for it. I, In fact, I remember giving a speech on astrology in speech class and, you know, was reading books on how to astral, do astral projection and those types of things. And so I was seeking, not even realizing I was seeking, because out of one side of my mouth I was looking for all these things, and out of the other side of my mouth I said, there's no God. And so... Um, for me, my experience happened. It was, I guess it's unique. I don't know. I It was unique to me. Is uh, I met a Christian girl who broke the rules. Uh, she said she would go out with me if I go to church with her. <laughs> missionary dating. <laughs> That's right. Missionary dating. And I, I'd been to church. Uh, I was uh, 
I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but I was sprinkled as a Presbyterian as a baby, and I went to church with my grandparents, and they gave me uh, uh, peppermint lifesavers to keep me quiet while I was sitting there in the pews. And uh, as a uh, in junior high, I went and I was confirmed as a Methodist, uh, went through their confirmation class. But I had no spiritual experience. This was just Mucked stuff. around religion, but not relationship. Yeah, exactly. And so I thought, I can handle this God thing. I'll go to church with her and, you know, we'll start dating. And so I went to church with her, and it wasn't like church that I had ever experienced before. And it wasn't that I remember anything about, it was a youth group, and I didn't remember anything about the message the youth pastor gave. The only thing I remembered is that they prayed like somebody was listening on the other end. Mm. It wasn't these prayers that, you know, I'd been to church and they prayed these lofty prayers that, you know, they're trying to impress one another, not God. I mean, you know, oh, thou art heavenly father who thus. It's like, you know, who are you trying to uh, impress here? But that wasn't the type of prayers I heard there. They said, Jesus, come, speak to our hearts. Lord, we have these needs. We ask that you would take care of them. And that bugged me. I mean, that just really bugged me because, like, is there someone on the other end? And I'd never seen that. So I went home, couldn't sleep, wrestled with everything. I was I was, uh, uh, I was a kid who uh, parents had divorced. My mom had remarried. My stepfather was problematic at best, and I was a mess. I was uh, binge drinking on the weekends, smoking dope. You know, I'd done acid. I'd, I'd done all the drugs, and I was a mess. And so I, my sinner's prayer was simply, God, if you're really there, do something with me. And at that point, my life was changed. That demonstrates, I think, too, the sense that God is not only listening, but he is attuned to our unique needs. Yes. We will typically characterize within Christendom um, a sinner's prayer, a sense of repentance of our sins and, and remorse and and a desire to be forgiven. But oftentimes, um, God simply straightforward answers the challenge question. Lord, if you're there, yeah, meet me, show yourself, yeah. prove yourself to me. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Yes. Yeah, and so I went to sleep, woke up the next morning, and I knew I was changed. I just knew. It had changed. And so I went to school, found the Christian girl, told her what happened, and... Uh, became part of what was really a revival going on within our high school. Uh, lost all my druggy friends. They made all kinds of fun with me, suffered some persecution. You know, they uh, trashed my car. I had a 63 Nova Supersport, and they trashed it, and, you know, they made fun of me and different types of things, but I didn't look back from that point. So that's 
my experience. Your, your trajectory from that point on, having that experience coming to Christ in the late 1970s, and of course that's, that's kind of on the, the, the crest of what was happening with the Jesus movement. Yep. There were rallies across the country. Yep. We saw the, the early embryonic stages of ministries, not only like Vineyard Fellowship, but also certainly Calvary Chapels. Uh-huh. Um, Jesus movement hit the Pacific Northwest as well. Big rallies taking place oh, there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the gentleman. Institutes and Basic Youth Conflicts. Yeah. Um, Bill Gothard used to do events at the uh, the, the arena there. Yeah. Uh, in Portland. Memorial Coliseum. That's yeah. exactly right. So you, you were kind of coming in at the, the crest of all of that. Yeah. At what point, though, Pastor Tabor, did you feel as if there was something deeper going on here, meaning that beyond simple repentance, relationship with God, turning from your old way, that new creation in Christ Jesus, at what point did you feel like God said, you know what, I got a job for you? <laughs> That was a progression over time. Uh, Because I was a musician, I was playing in heavy metal bands. Uh, Prior to my conversion, it became very easy to uh, take that and get involved in Christian rock and roll. And so I was involved in a, a couple good Christian rock and roll bands, never anything that produced any real albums or went traveling. I mean, we did some minimum security prison outreaches, and we played at youth groups and stuff. And you did work with and open with some big names, and we were talking off air about yeah. uh, work that you've done with names like Larry Norman. Yeah, we opened for Larry Norman and for Servant, and uh, I got to play with Daryl Mansfield one time, and so, yeah, that was fun. But uh was involved with that, and as we were doing it, the Lord just started... I don't know if it was, there's a theological question of whether it's natural gifting versus spiritual gifting. But, uh, so I don't know if it was natural gifting showing up or spiritual gifting being placed upon me. But the gifting of leadership started coming forward. And so people started saying to me, you know, I really see that God's using you in leadership, you should think about going to Bible college. And I thought, what's what's Bible college? You know, I mean, I I did not grow up in a Christian environment, so some of this stuff was new. So I thought, you know, well, maybe okay, because at that point in my head, I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to be a rock and roll star for Jesus. So I thought, well, yeah, I probably should go maybe one year so I can learn how to give an altar call and, you know. Get some of the theology to go behind it. Yeah, some theology to go behind it. And so I uh, I first uh, went to uh, Multnomah School of the Bible. Sure, northeast Portland. Yeah. And I went there, and it was, I was a duck out of water. And God bless them. I love them, and they're good people. I'm not picking on him at all, but here's this charismatic going to a very fundamental Bible college. And, man, they were teaching me how to uh, conduct hymns. It's like, no way, this just is not working. So then I packed up and went down to Southern California and went to Life Bible College, which is the Foursquare Bible mm-hmm. College. And uh, went to school there and got my degree. And... Uh, 
During that time, the Lord started changing my heart. Uh, I was still involved in rock and roll, but he, uh, at one point things got tight, and I had to decide whether I was going to study the scriptures or sell my equipment. And it came down to selling my equipment so I could pay for more college. And all of a sudden I started thinking, you know, he's going to call me to teach his word. And I knew instantly, oh, if he does that, you know, I'm going to South America and I'm going to have to eat bugs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought, it, yeah. It, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. But here's a list of places I don't want to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was listening to Keith Green. Keith Green was very influential in early part of my life. And, you know, he was saying that uh, if you aren't, if you don't go on the mission field, you're robbing God because... Uh, America already has been given the gospel, and there's places that's never heard the gospel. And as much as I love Keith Green, and as much as that is a true statement, no, you're not robbing God. And But I thought for sure, oh, God, I'm going, you know, I'm going to have to go where nobody's gone. Well, over time, it obvi- became obvious that no, even though I needed to be missions-minded, he had not called me to cross-cultural ministry was calling me to pastor. And so that's how it got from just a conversion to a calling. Bring us up to speed now. Um, the ways in which this has changed you, not only in terms of the way you view God, but also in terms of your relationship with God. How have these experiences changed you personally? Oh, it's night and day. Um, there was always this idea that I needed to somehow figure out how to be God's man of power for the hour. You know, that I had to be the man of God at the pulpit and yeah. And now I'm just I'm just a fat man trying to get to heaven. I'm just a guy who has a talent and is using it. Uh I want to get to heaven. I know I'm going to heaven. I'm not that's not in doubt. But I want to arrive there with at least a few treasures to be able to lay at my Savior's feet. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm, there's nothing special about me. So, you know, the way I lead, the way I uh, am in with my wife today, uh, the way that uh, I walk through life just knowing he's going to work it out, that there's a hope in a future, it just has changed. Is this the crux of the message that you share of hope from the pulpit as well. Oh, absolutely! It, you know, our church. When I, I got there and we started rebuilding, and the first thing I started, the foundation I started laying is, is that we are going to be a church uh, that loves, accepts, forgives, and empowers people. And no matter where they come from, no matter what their background, we serve a transformational God that will transform their life. And so that's that's the message in a nutshell. And we can't do it by trying to to be the big big church show. We do it by just being who God has created us and relating with other people in a non-hype, non showy way to just meet them where they're at and let God do the work. 
because he's the one that does it. I can't do anything. Authentic Christianity that says, as Paul said, you know, work out my salvation in terms of understanding this road upon which we travel in walking in fellowship with very God himself through the work that he did on the cross and the, the means by which God has provided that we might be forgiven and reconciled to enjoy relationship. Absolutely. It's it's a community that's being built, and it's a, I think it's a, an authentic expression. And there's other authentic expressions that look very different than ours, but it's an authentic expression of Christianity that I I personally believe we're filling a niche that is not being filled within the Bay Area. Fair to say it's not about show, but rather about genuine spirituality? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, honestly... I can't pull off being the next Billy Graham or the next Franklin Graham or the next uh, Andy Stanley. I can't pull it off. I don't want to pull it off. I'm not them. Uh, Our worship leader can't be the next Bethel or the next, uh, you know, uh, Brian Hillsong Hillsong or whatever. I mean, uh, he's... 10 years older than me and has more gray hair and you know he would look very funny in skinny jeans (laughs) so we can't do it but what we can do is be authentic we can be real and we can just be a community of believers who loves Jesus tell us about the ministry taking place there we mentioned that you're located on the peninsula in San Carlos you meet at 1566 Arroyo Avenue in San Carlos tell us a bit about service times and what people can come to expect Uh, you can expect that it'll be pretty low-key informal Uh, you you can expect that people will love you that people will accept you uh, even if you look different than us Uh, that's part of what we do uh, you can expect people who sing and worship and focus on Jesus. You can expect that uh, if you need prayer, you you can find somebody to pray with because we pray with people every Sunday. Uh, you can expect that I will or one of my teaching team will give you a message and give you opportunity to uh, ask questions and uh, learn and understand what the Bible says. We could really, honestly, we really care less how many scriptures you got memorized. We want to know how how well you understand what you've learned, uh, because then you can apply it to your own life. So there's lots of things. We have a Sunday school class, which is really weird for a vineyard, but we have a Sunday school class at nine o'clock. Uh, and it's right now, I think there's about 12 people that are going to it, but it's working very well and they're enjoying it. Uh, we then have our normal service at 10 o'clock and uh, then we hang out afterwards and fellowship and drink coffee and eat donuts and whatever. And, you know, usually by about 1230, I'm having to turn off the lights and shoo them away. <laughs> so uh, it's a good place to be. It's a place where you can build a community, you know, get involved in a community that loves Jesus. Have that little bit of that experience of iron sharpening iron. Iron sharpening iron. And we got all kinds of people from all different backgrounds, from Catholics to Pentecostals, and we get along. 
And the church again meeting at 1566 Royal Avenue on the peninsula in San Carlos. Again, the uh, Sunday school class yes. uh, called the Vineyard Cafe at 9 a.m. Sunday service followed at 10 a.m. And if you want to get complete information, including directions, you can simply go online to godshack.com. That's godshack.com. I love the name of the URL. That's great <laughs> stuff. Well, Pastor Duke Tabor, we certainly appreciate you coming by today, sharing not just a bit oh, about the ministry, but as well sharing from your heart. My privilege. It was an honor. Pastor Duke Tabor, again, lead pastor at Vineyard Church, Mid-Peninsula in San Carlos. More information available on the web at GodShack.com. That's GodShack.com. And then a complete Sunday message as part of the Church of the Week, Sunday at 12 noon. Complete information, by the way, regarding those broadcasts available at the KFAX website. Simply go to KFAX.com. That's KFAX.com. Thank you for listening to the KFAX Ministry of the Week. More information about this week's highlighted ministry is available at kfax.com. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.